If you really wanna know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into the Season Prediction Roundtable edition of the Country Roads webcast. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Cruz, and I'll be joined shortly by our other co-hosts, Stephen and Bradley. Um, we actually, the reason I'm recording this opening alone is we had recorded a, a little opening segment talking about fall camp, kind of the news and notes, a little bit of a 10-minute segment, and we're using a new recording tool, um, and we're still trying to work out the kinks a little bit, so that opening got cut off. But uh, the good news with that is we'll be jumping right into our season predictions as we'll go through the WVU schedule game by game, predicting a win or loss, and each give our uh, record prediction for the 2021 season. So uh, with no further ado, here it is, the fourth annual season prediction roundtable. All right, yeah, I mean, the anticipation's killing me. So we're, uh, we're going to jump into this thing, starting with the first game of the season, September 4th at Maryland to open the season in College Park. Um, Win or loss, uh, what are you thinking, Stephen? Uh, I got a West Virginia win in that game. However, I do think it will provide a really good test, especially for our, our defensive line for a first game uh, because their offensive line is very well-tested, very very veteran group. Um, they got Tunga Vailoa's younger brother, which everybody knows him, Talia. Uh, they got a really good wide receiver um, in Raheem Jarrett. Um, he played really well last year in the shortened season. Uh, so I think that offense has a lot to prove from the way that they played last year in their two and three record. Uh, but I do think West Virginia does come out and get the win because they did struggle a lot despite having a lot of good moments last year. I'm going to, I'm going to follow you up and agree with you. I got it as a win too. I think it's going to be tougher than a lot of people are expecting. I think that's going to be West Virginia's toughest non-conference game in my opinion. And I, I think that it's going to come down to the wire. I got West Virginia by, a field goal probably, uh, but starting the season 1-0. Bradley? Yeah, I'll say this game is actually one of the ones I'm most worried about just because, I mean, I kind of wish we had like the Virginia Tech-Maryland game kind of flop because I'm a little bit more uh, confident against Virginia Tech. I'll say in going up against a Maryland team, that's definitely a little bit more um, stout and a little bit more situated in a position. You know, Maryland can have a really good season this year. And so, you know, going into College Park, it's never an easy task, I would say. So I, I'm a little bit more nervous about that game. I do have faith in us to come out with it, maybe the close victory. But I think it will be a true litmus test of how our year could go. I mean, if we go in there and have a really solid game and our offense seems like it's clicking and our defense seems like it's not missing a step from last year, then I think that really bodes well for us going forward. But I think um, going in there and if we see a bunch of procedural penalties and stuff that really should have got cleaned up during the summer, if that still carries over, then that's going to be kind of – disheartening because I think that's one of the things that really hurt us last year is a bunch of just penalties, penalties, penalties. And like, that's one thing that I'm looking forward to seeing really improve this year. And that's on Neil Brown. So, I mean, that's, those are the things I'm always looking at Neil Brown as I've talked the past couple of years that we've been on this is like watching Neil Brown and how he addresses the things that he can fix. And like, that's one of those things that's on him to make sure that his guys are in the right place at all the right times and not, you know, not getting this, uh, ridiculous penalties, penalties that could cost us a game. So that's that's going to be my first thing looking at the Maryland game is penalties. I mean, I get we'll have some like first game jitters and stuff like that, but I think it's going to be uh, a real test of how our year is going to go right off the bat. Yeah, absolutely. Maryland's always a big barometer game. You know, usually when you win that one, you have a pretty decent season, and if you lose it, uh, not so much. So 
I agree with you on that for sure. But all three got the Mountaineers at one and zero starting the season. So uh, next game will be September 11th, the home opener against Long Island. I'll kick this one off uh, W easily, obviously two and zero for me, Stephen. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, I'm not gonna waste too much time yeah, on this I mean, game. I mean, it's you know we've never lost to FCS before. I don't see it starting now, uh, Bradley. Yeah, no, I think it's a guaranteed W. We can go on to the next one. Yes, sir, and uh, this one's the big one here for us here in the southern part of the state. Big rivalry, the West Virginia-Virginia Tech rivalry. Uh, probably the biggest one to me just because of we, where we live. You know, a lot of people say Pitt, you know, whatever. And traditionally, yeah, but being in the bottom part of the state, uh, Virginia Tech's big because I know where we're at. Virginia Tech's like an hour away. West Virginia's like three, three and a half hours away. So there's a lot of VT fans around here. So this is bragging rights. Big game at home, September 18th, Gold Rush against Virginia Tech. Uh, Bradley, let you kick it off this time. What are you thinking? Black Diamond Trophy coming to Morgantown? Oh, yeah. I think uh, Virginia Tech's definitely going to have a struggle year this year. I don't think Virginia Tech's back on track yet, even though I know their head coach is one of the hottest seats in the uh, country right now. Honestly, I would say he doesn't. He's right there with probably Dan Holgerson down there at the bottom uh, of the hot seats. So I I do think that we'll we'll, we'll have a – I think this is going to be a super fun game. I think the environment in Morgantown is going to be popping. I really think that we're going to run a, especially if we have like that that nice game against Maryland. If I think if we I think if we beat Maryland like by at least a touchdown or two, then I think we're coming in and and we're going to hand it to Virginia Tech. Honestly, I think that we got a chance to really like um, show off in front of our fans, which I think would be really big for us going into Big Twelve play, hitting up Oklahoma first game of the season, uh, or first game of the uh, uh, conference play. And, you know, we're, we're going to need that momentum. So we really need to come out that game and show off for our rivalries. And honestly, it might give us a little bit of a, a, um, a little bit of an extra look from the ACC when it comes to these, this conference realignment that we're looking at. You know, we're, we're here to compete. You know, we want to win and we want to win big. So um, I do expect us to bring back home the Black Diamond Trophy. And I'm, I think it's going to be a wonderful game. Like I said, I hope we come out and really slap them. But I do see us coming away with the W. Mm-mm. I'm right there with you. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. Uh, Black Diamond Trophy coming to Morgantown, and it's staying in Morgantown. Like I said, I think Maryland is a tougher non-conference opponent. I think the Maryland game is going to be pretty close. I got West Virginia by double digits over Virginia Tech, 10 to 14 points, 3-0 non-conference. Steven? Yeah, I've also got us winning this game, but I don't. I, I kind of went back and forth with this because, you know, from a fan perspective, a lot of us are, you know, we're like, well, we want revenge for the past time, you know, when we played them in 2019. But, you know, the players don't think like that. So so I had to start thinking about it from that perspective. And I really do think West Virginia is going to come out of this game with a W because, for one, we're playing in Morgantown. And even though the players don't have that, you know, that kind of mindset about it, you know our fans do and you know our fans are going to come ready. And that's, that's probably going to be the true home opener of the season for WVU uh, because, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people show up for Long Island, but the most people are going to come out for Virginia Tech. It's sold out within, you know, what was it a day or two it wasn't even it wasn't that too long at all you know tickets were going pretty fast so yeah i don't think west virginia is going to uh going to let this one slide this year i think west virginia is going to come out yeah. with a w against virginia tech yeah because the only way i see us losing a game like this is if we come out like really underestimating virginia tech but i think with it being like an old school rivalry we lost the last game and i mean that was uh you know willie g i think that it's really going to be hard to you know, underestimate or like try to, you know, really like overlook. I mean, even though we do have Oklahoma the following game, I don't think that's a game that Neil Brown's going to allow us to overlook, you know. So I, 
I think that's the only way you lose a game like that. And I just don't think with it being like Steven said, the first big game in Morgantown, all the fans are going to be riled up for a rivalry. I just don't see that happening. So that's why I think that there's just no chance Virginia Tech comes in there and walks away with the W. I'm hoping for a shutout. I don't even want him to score. That's no, probably not going to happen with, you know, I think their offense has got a little bit of something. but No, I think I think it's going to be a decent game. It's going to be a decent but game. But, no, I, I agree with the point of, of Neil Brown, you know, having to make sure that doesn't happen because I think that Neil Brown knows that with our fan base, these are the two biggest games on the schedule probably. Like, our, our fan base, as long as you beat Maryland, beat Virginia Tech, they're probably going to – Just weird. For the most part, so he knows those rivalries are, are very important. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head whenever you said it was an ACC resume game, though, because, I mean – what better way to show the ACC that we can compete by, you know, beating one of their teams in yeah. the live action game. So rivalry game, resume game, you know, the true home opener for WVU this year. I, I think that's a really good recipe for a W if you're West Virginia. Yeah. yeah. I agree. So uh, all 3-0 and uh, through non-conference, all go West Virginia going 3-0 and through non-conference. I'm hoping to see it. I've been predicting it. I've been telling people West Virginia is starting season 3-0. and so uh, hopefully we're all right, and they do. But then you got the big one, uh, Oklahoma. You know the the dragon you haven't been able to slay. This is one of the first times we've got to play them early in the Big Twelve conference schedule. I can only think of one or two other times, and those were some of the times that we came close to them. I know 2013 we went four and eight, but we played them second or third game of the season and only lost 16-9 or 16-7. So I think playing them early is a big advantage. If you look when they've lost to Kansas State, Iowa State, it's been one of the early uh, first or second conference games, you know, in recent years. So uh, and we've, we've had to face Oklahoma when they've gotten clicking late pretty much every year for the past few years. So that's been tough on us. But, um, you know, it's the one that you haven't been able to beat and you're not going to have too many more chances at. You know, this may be your last chance. Who knows? But, uh, Bradley, what are you thinking against Oklahoma on the road on September 25th? Yeah, it's uh, this is where I feel like at least the Maryland flip is a little bit better in our favor because we're going to have a little bit of a easy game with uh, Long Island and then what hopefully is a little bit of a tune-up game against Virginia Tech. You know, you get to get some of your guys more in the line. But I think just walking into Oklahoma, if it wasn't at Oklahoma, I think we have a lot better shot at this. But just, uh, I'm hoping it's, I'm hoping this game's closer than what a lot of people think it's going to be, especially with Oklahoma having. Uh, one of their highest preseason rankings, I mean, in a couple of years, I say number two is a big spot to hold on to. Spencer Rattler's getting a lot of love, great quarterback, um, especially with our young backfield. I mean, that's just – that could be really, really terrifying. So, um, I, I don't I don't think we're going to win this one, but I really hope we keep it competitive as always. I mean, you never want to see you lose by more than three points, you know. So, I, I think we're going to take an L, but I – it's always a possibility. I mean, Neil Brown could shock us. He's been known to walk into other places, big venues, and come out with a W, you know, Neil, a little bit of that Neil Brown magic, you know. So anything's possible, but I'm going to go ahead for our uh, preseason. I'm going to give us L on this one. You asked me a few weeks down the road after we clean up Virginia Tech, and uh, I might tell you that we're going to beat Oklahoma walking into Oklahoma. So. I hope so. I'd love to see it. Uh, Steven? Yeah, I've also got us losing this game. I've said it on – Previous prediction roundtables. Uh, I'm not going to pick us to win this game until WVU proves proves me otherwise that they can win this football game. Um, you know, every single year I give WVU credit about what they can do and about oh, we can do this differently than we did it last year. And Oklahoma, you know, doesn't do this, you know, that well. Doesn't matter. You know, West Virginia has to prove that they can beat 
Oklahoma while, you know, they've been in the Big 12, and they haven't done that yet. So, I've got us losing this game, unfortunately. I hope, like you said, Bradley, I hope it's a close game um, and we don't go out there and, you know, get embarrassed. But Neil Brown has proven that he plays better on the road than any other WVU coach that I've seen in recent memory. So, that does give me a lot of hope in that football game. So. I was about to say, I'm not, I'm not completely downtrodden about the game. I think that, um, like I said, getting them early in the season is big. Uh, Neil Brown's success on the road is big. But uh, like you guys said, this Oklahoma team is, I think, different. I think that this Oklahoma team has a great defense that's just as good as their offense. There's a reason why they have that preseason number two rating. They have some studs on the defense. If you look at the all-Big 12 preseason team, you know, you got, what, five, six Oklahoma guys on the de- first-team defense not to mention who they already have on offense. As you said, Spencer Rattler, the Heisman favorite. I don't think West Virginia is going to come in there and get blown out. I think we're going to give them a fight. I think that you're talking – you could be talking a one-possession game even or maybe a 10-point win. I don't think it will be a blowout, but I can't pick the Mountaineers either. Um, Oklahoma's going to take that one with it being in Norman, so I got the loss there too. So all of us got the Mountaineers sitting at 3-1 and one right now, and that would take us to October 2nd back at home in Morgantown against Texas Tech. I'll lead this one off. Um, Texas Tech's been the one team that Neil Brown – well, not the one team, but one of the teams that Neil Brown hasn't beaten yet, and we should have beat them uh, both years. Uh, I'd say we were a better team both times uh, and just you know, kind of got some uh, bad luck and bad things happen to us, whether it be turnovers or, or what have you. But um, I think that this time there's gonna, that's going to be a statement game, especially if they're coming off a loss against Oklahoma. Uh, I think we're going to beat Texas Tech and probably beat them pretty handily this year. Um, I got Mountaineers moving on to four and one in that one. Now, uh, what about you, Steve? Uh, yeah, I got us winning this game too. I don't think Texas Tech has got a lot of firepower, uh, like you said, Chris. We should have beat them last year. Uh, the year before that, you can make that argument as well. But last year, we definitely should have beat the Red Raiders. Mm-hmm. And I, playing at home, with that in mind, I you know, I don't think we're going to let that one slide either. I think West Virginia is also going to win that one really, really big. Bradley? Yeah, I, I agree with Jordan. on. I think it's a statement game. I think I feel bad for Texas Tech having to come to Morgantown after we go into Norman. I think we're going to be looking to prove a little something. If we if we lose a game, I mean, we're going to have a little bit of a sour taste in our mouth. Um, and I, 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 if I had to guess, before we go into Norman, we're probably going to creep into that top 25 being 3-0. We might hit around that, like that 20 rank, losing to Oklahoma. Depends on how bad they want to drop us down for that, knock us down for that. And I think that they're going to come out and try to prove themselves that they belong in the top 25 with uh, Texas Tech. And I think that they're also going to have a little bit of a down year this year. Steven's right on the head. You know, they don't have the same firepower that you might expect out of Texas Tech year in and year out. Um, it might be a really good game for our defensive backs to get some real good quality reps in there, get some confidence built up that, you know, you maybe didn't perform as well as you wanted to against Oklahoma. But I promise you, you can compete in the Big 12. You just got to stick to what Neil Brown says. Give us 100% of your effort. Even if you're doing it wrong, as long as you're doing it at 100%, it doesn't matter to him, you know. So I think that we're going to come out of that game with a W. Uh, and I, I think that's going to really get the ball rolling for us for the rest of the year. I think that that's the game that's going to be – uh, kind of like that turning point, a little bit of that momentum builder that's that's going to really skyrocket us into a, a what could be a great year for the Mountaineers. I, I agree with you. I think that's going to be a big coming off that Oklahoma game, big bounce back game that can set the tone for you know the rest of the season, second half of the schedule, um, and then so we're all sitting for we all got the Mountaineers at four and one uh, through five games, and then the next game would be October, excuse me, October 9th, going on the road to Waco take on the Baylor Bears. Um, 
Steven, you want to jump us off here? Uh, the... That's it. I, I don't. I don't. I've become a fan of of, of this rivalry that West Virginia and Baylor have formed. I, I call it a rivalry because you don't really ever know who's going to win this game. I think it's one of the better, truer rivalries that West Virginia's formed in the Big Twelve Conference because West Virginia has beaten them when they've been the higher seed. I think Baylor's beaten us a few times. You get a whole. You know, every time. I think it's been how many years in a row has the home team won this game? I'm trying to think. Uh, five at least. It's a few years. I, say, I think it goes back to the Riot game, at least. Back to the Baylor being number four and thus uh, upsetting them in the Morgantown game. I'm pretty sure it's been after every year after that. West Virginia ends that this year. We get the, we get the dub. Because Baylor, Baylor lost their defensive coach last year to, to Maryland. Uh, so – yeah, I don't. I don't think West Virginia is going to have um, a lot of trouble with Baylor this this season. Anyway, I I mean I'm gonna have to agree with you, Stephen. Overtime battle last year. I think West Virginia is much improved. I think Baylor's kind of similar to where they were, especially losing Charlie Brewer to Utah. Um, you know they got they got some guys in there. They're gonna, they're going to replace them. You know, uh, fill the shoes. But I I just not not big on Baylor this year. So I got the Mountaineers picking up the W on the road as well. Uh, moving to five and one, uh, so me and Stephen both have W at five and one. Uh, Bradley, you got him joining us at five and one. Yeah, it seems like we're all on the same mind track. I don't, I don't see Baylor being as big. I don't see Baylor being as big of an issue as a lot of bees uh, with uh, for them our Mountaineers this year. I think that we're just a lot better prepared. I think our team's ready for a big season, and I just don't think Baylor's at the same spot right now. I think they're going through a little bit of a rebuilding year trying to get some stuff straight and I don't think I don't think they've been handling this Big 12 talk as much I think that that's going to be weighing a lot more on their minds with this conference realignment because Baylor's one of those schools that's really out there hanging you know and somebody could argue that that could be a reason for them to try a little extra hard this year to really make a statement but I mean with their religious affiliation and low uh low enrollment I just don't I, I think that they're a lot more worried about their future and so that might be a little bit distracting as well so I think just a lot of it plays into Baylor just not being there and not being able to compete with us. And again, I think that this is another step where we're building on that win against Texas Tech and, you know, Mountaineer Nation starting to feel good again. We lost Oklahoma, but hey, we're five and one now. We're a little bit serious. You know, we're starting to creep higher up into that top 20 and starting to really catch some eyes around the country. Absolutely. So uh, we're all on the same page so far. So good. Five and one, same, same wins, same losses. So, uh, West Virginia would go on to their first bye week of the season following that Baylor game on October 16th, and then back on the road again two weeks later to take on TCU, head back to Texas down to Fort Worth. And uh, what I think is going to be an interesting game, I think to me TCU is one of the teams that's uh, got a chance to take that uh, third spot in the Big 12. I think right now you got Oklahoma and Iowa State at the top, and then I think you got four to maybe even if you want to push it to five teams that are competing right behind them to see who's going to be in that third spot or maybe have a chance to jump up with those two teams. But I put TCU in that group along with West Virginia and a couple other schools who we haven't yet talked about, but we'll get there. But it's going to be a big challenge uh, going on the road. I think I'll come off the bye week will help you. But West Virginia going on the road to take on TCU. Um, we got them at five and one. Steven, you got them at five and one. Uh, where do you have them after this one? Uh I think West Virginia's gonna end up five and two after this one. I, I like TCU's team this year. Y'all know what a fan of Gary Patterson that I am. Um, 
I think West Virginia and and definitely, especially in recent years, has, has struggled with a dual threat quarterback. And Max Dugan is definitely the definition of a dual threat quarterback, and he's one of the best that the Big Twelve has seen besides Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield in in recent years. Um, and I think West Virginia is probably going to struggle a little bit with that one, um, especially going out there and, and playing down there in Fort Worth. I think TCU is going to going to take that one home and. Uh, and West Virginia is going to end up with five and two at the end of that one. Uh, great points, great points. Um, Bradley, I'll let you go, and then I'll follow follow you up. Um, you know, so yeah, TCU is definitely one of those middle of the pack schools you're talking about, where I think we're that are all really jockeying for maybe getting up there in the top three of the Big Twelve, trying to compete with Oklahoma and Iowa State. Um, I, on the other hand, I I'm pretty bought in this year. I think I I think we've all trusted the climb pretty good. I think the teams trusted the climb pretty good. Um, I think, I think, honestly, I think Jordan really got me convinced last week when we were talking about Jared Dagey and about how he's really taking this game seriously. And like I said, looking at those leadership and accountability teams. And I think, I think this is year three under Neil Brown. And I don't think he's here to lose to a TCU team. I think he's, I think he's really wanting to make a name and a statement and say, Hey, like we've put in our work and we're not here to play around. We're going to go on the road and we're going to win these games. And so I think Gary Patterson's a wonderful defensive mind, but I really think that this is going to be the game where we get to see the the full scope of what our team's capable of. I think that this is going to be one of the better games that we play this year, and I think that this is probably going to be one of those games where people look at Neil Brown and say, hey, this guy really does know how to coach some football once he gets his guys in the right spot. So I'm going to give us that win. I think it's going to be close. I don't think it's going to be a super high-scoring game. I think it's definitely going to be a defensive battle. But like I said, at this point, I think that our team's gotten a couple wins together. I think our defensive backs are feeling a little bit better about themselves. I don't think they're going to lay down to this challenge. I think our defensive line is absolutely terrifying. And then I think I think our offense is just going to be so well-built that I think Neil Brown's going to be able to handle Gary Patterson. And I think we're coming away with the W. I'm going, I'm going 6-1. I like it. Uh, you both make great points and put me on the fence because this is the one one of the games I was kind of on the fence about. Um, as Steven said, I'm a big Barry Patterson fan too. Um, I know they've kind of been down the past couple of years, but that just means they're going to bounce back up really soon. I think Duggan's a great quarterback, uh, dual-threat quarterback. I think they're going to have a solid run game. But I think West Virginia has a good defensive line, and I don't trust Max Duggan's arm a lot. And I think West Virginia can make him pass. That can really be to their advantage. And it's really going to come down to – if West Virginia can uh, scheme up against that Gary Patterson defense and get things done, I think giving them the bye week and that extra week to prepare will allow them to do so. So I'm gonna take West Virginia in a close one. I got West Virginia at six and one. Also, me and Bradley both at six and one. Stephen at five and two. And I don't want to take that as like a knock to TCU. I think it's definitely more of a testament to Neil Brown and the program he's building than it is a knock to TCU. And I, I want to make that clear. Like I don't think it any chance. Oh, absolutely. It, it's that it's gonna be TCU pondering. Yep, so now you get into kind of that uh, meaty part of the schedule because uh, following TCU, then you come back home October 30th, the day before Halloween. They take on an Iowa State team that really embarrassed you last year. I mean, so uh, this will be a great time to bounce back and something that would be a real big statement to how far your program's coming, even if you don't win this game, if you can keep it close, stay in it, make it competitive, um, just bounce back from last year, which I'm sure Neil Brown will probably use as motivation going in, so – um, Bradley, we'll let you kick it off this time. Me and you both have the Mountaineers at six and one. Where do you have them sitting at after the Iowa State game? 
honestly, I think that this is this is this is the best game of the year. I think that this is going to be college game day potential. It's on Halloween evening. If anybody's been in Morgantown on Halloween, you know Halloween is the biggest weekend of the year for Morgantown, in my opinion. I mean, the kids get into it. I expect I would love to be. There. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do everything I can to get a ticket to that game. I'm going to be in a costume. I'm going to go absolutely nuts because I think it's going to be a top 15 matchup. I think it's going to be an absolutely massive game. Who wins it? I have no idea. I think it's a shoot-up. I think it's a battle between two quality coaches, one a little bit less proven than the other one. But I think it's it's in Morgantown. If if we're at Ames, I don't think we win this game. I think that we might get handled a little easier. But it, being in Morgantown on a Halloween weekend, I just think Neil Brown's going to have his guys ready to play. And like I said, it going 6-1, and one, we're already rolling off of a couple wins. I mean, we're on a really high high here. So, I mean, it's all going to come down to – can can West Virginia overcome that curse? I mean, can we win one of these really big games that would solidify us as you know a what could be an elite team, in the Big Twelve this year, and a really a testament to the again to the program that Neil Brown's building. So I think that this is going to be one of the biggest games of the year. It's a toss up. I mean, I really don't know if it's a win or a loss. I'm a Mountaineer fan. I'm going to give us the win. We're seven and one. What am I going to say? Seven and one. Wow, I love it. I love it. I hope. I hope. I'm hoping you're right, but. Um, I got us at six and one. I think this is a tough one. Um, Iowa State, I think that they're loaded. I mean, they got those tight ends back. They got Brees Hall. They got Brock Purdy. Um, their defense is always solid. Um, I, like I said, I think Neil Brown's going to use, you know, last year for motivation. I think West Virginia's going to keep it close. I think it's going to be competitive. Uh, but I, I just can't – I can't pick us to win this one. I, Iowa State's too loaded for me. I like their team too much. I think they got a great chance to not only go to the Big 12 championship game, but give Oklahoma a run for their money. Uh, of course, we'll get more on that later. But I got the Mountaineers dropping, uh, going to six and two. Bradley at seven one. Uh, Steven, at five and two right now. What do you got, Iowa State? Uh, I got us. I got us losing this game as well, man. Because uh, for the same points that that Cruz made, uh, there's too much firepower on the offense and defensive side of the ball. Brock Purdy has proved himself. So is Brees Hall. Um, I think West Virginia, West Virginia did not was the only team in the country to not allow a rushing touchdown last year. So that speaks volumes uh, when you play the likes of Brees Hall and, and those types of guys. But however, uh, I, I don't know. I, I I want to pick West Virginia to win this football game, but there's just too much talent for Iowa State. Um, and well, I, we'll get into it later. But yeah. Iowa State is going to be very good this year. And I mean, it's hard picking that, but I just think that there's so much. And again, it's all based on potential. And this is looking through my blue and gold glasses, of course. And you know, I'm gonna catch some heat for that, but I don't, I don't really care. I think it's, I think it's an absolute possibility in Neil Brown's third year. And I think that anybody that's had their eye on this program and their finger on the pulse knows that it's not a far shot. And I mean, I might sound like a little bit crazy out there saying it, but like I, I don't think it's that insane. I really do think that Neil Brown's finally got some pieces. And I think that that might be just my my envision putting Neil Brown on cloud nine, even though he hasn't even – I mean, he hasn't really translated as much onto the field as much as we would like to see it. I just think that this is the year where he's finally going get, to start getting some things clicking. And, I mean, he went to 10 wins real quick at Troy, and it's not impossible for us to turn around and do the same thing when he's finally got his guys and they're all popping on all cylinders. But, hey, I, I'll, I'll take it. I mean, you're right. It's, I, mean, I, I definitely – I think so. I think so. I mean – 
this is going to definitely be the the most successful year thus far under Neil Brown, and could be the year where he shows you know we're really starting to pop off and, and everything like that. So so I, I agree with you. I think that's good points. Uh, that being said, four games left. Bradley has WVU at seven and one. I have at six and two. Stephen at five and three. So finally getting some little bit of difference in uh, opinions of these predictions. The kind of the fun part of the season prediction roundtable. So four games to go. The first of which being November sixth at home against Oklahoma State. Uh, one of those other teams that I think is there in that middle of the pack at Bad with West Virginia and the aforementioned TCU. Um, Stephen, we'll let you uh, lead off this time. Got West Virginia at five and three right now. Playing Oklahoma State at home on November sixth. What's going to happen? I, I really I went back and forth with this one as well, man. This this whole chunk of the schedule is a, it's really difficult for me because West Virginia usually fights a lot of injuries at this time. We usually battle depth issues, uh, and so for for that being the biggest reason um, for the outcome or my predicted outcome for this game, I think West Virginia is going to lose this football game to Oklahoma State, and I really hope that I'm wrong about that game. Um, but like I said, the main issue with me is the timing of that game. You know, you lose two in a row to TCU and Iowa State, and then, you know, you're battling depth issues and, and injuries. It, it doesn't really it doesn't really do well for West Virginia down that last part of the, the, the season usually. So that's, that's why I have West Virginia losing that football game. I think West Virginia will make it a competitive game, but Oklahoma State's going to be very good this year. Uh, and I do believe that, that Spencer Sanders is back again once, once again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, uh, like I said, hope I'm wrong about that game, and I got a, I got us losing that one. All right, Steven's got us uh, five and four with uh, three games to go. Bradley currently got us at seven and one uh, after Oklahoma State. What do you got us? Um, see, I think that if if we're going along with my my train of thought here with the seven and one, these next two games are probably some of the most worrisome ones. I mean, you can kind of lump Texas in there at the end, the third one um, before they give me at Kansas, but I. I think that this game is one of those games where, like like Stephen said, we're really starting to battle some injuries. We just had a hard-fought game in Iowa State. We've been playing our hearts out. Um, I, I, the the Mountaineer in me, like this, this is this is the issue the Mountaineers have had. We get that big W. Can we turn around and win the next game against another good team? You know, I, yeah, I. This really depends on what do I want to go with the dream season or do I just want to go with my Mountaineer instincts and. Yeah, I'll, I'll come back to reality a little bit. I think we'll lose that game. I think I think after a hard-fought game against Iowa State, I think it's just – I don't think it'll be uh, um, a blowout by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, you're in Morgantown. But I think it'll be a hard-fought, really good quality game. But I just think it's one of those ones where you might lose to a field goal by one point at the end of the game where it just happens to be you weren't the per- last person with the ball, you know. So I'll, I'll go seven and two on that one. I'll, I'll have us lose in Oklahoma State. We get a little bit of that Mountaineer mentality, mentality back in us, and you know, maybe just drop the ball a little bit. Well, I guess we're all back on the same page because I think that Oklahoma State, we've just seemed to always struggle with them, and I think they've got our number, and I think they're going to have our number again. And I'm going to have us dropping two in a row, and I got us dropping two, six and three, um, taking the loss to Oklahoma State Thank as you well. Boys so finally. Finally, Let finally, me. we all got on the same page. Yeah. All right, so I got us. Uh, I got a six and three. Bradley seven and two. Stephen five and four. Three <laughs> games left. Going on the road again on November thirteenth into Manhattan. Take on Kansas State. I'll lead this one off this time. W. 
I think that last year we showed Kansas State really doesn't have much for us. You know, Deuce Vaughn's a solid player. They got some good players, but I think we shut Deuce Vaughn down last year. I think it's going to be the same thing this year. And I got West Virginia going to seven and three. Um, Steven, what about you? Yeah, I've also got us winning this game and getting back on the right track. I don't think that West Virginia <laughs> is going to struggle too much going out there to Manhattan. Um, Kansas State's on an up-and-coming rebuild right now, so they don't really have a lot in terms of They've got talent. They just don't have the depth to be able to use that talent effectively right now. So I think West Virginia's going to come out of that game with a win. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that one because this next game is one that I'm really excited about. Bradley, Kansas State, what do yeah. you got? So I'm going to give us the W. I, I think that this game's going to come down to, again, if we're going against my track of thinking, I think after a loss to Oklahoma State, you lose this game if you can't rebound. You know what I mean? Like if you get beat up by Oklahoma State and you get your head hung low and you're getting a little bit of doubt in yourself, then you could walk into Manhattan and quickly lose that game, you know, if you're not feeling confident in yourself. So I don't think Neil Brown's going to let that happen. I think that, you know, we struggle a little bit against Oklahoma State. He tells them, hey, guys, like we're, we're still in this. We're still in line. you got to have faith in yourself. Trust the climb. Like we're, we're still in this. And uh, I think they rebound in a big way and come out with a win in Manhattan. So, All right. I like it. So – uh, Bradley eight and two. I'm seven and three. Stephen six and four. Two games to go. And um, here's the big one: the Horns Down matchup, November twentieth, in Morgantown. And it's going to be a big one. Who knows if this could be the last time you play Texas? Also, um, mm-hmm. but that being said, Bradley, uh, we'll let you lead off this time. What do you got when the Mountaineers take on Texas, November twentieth, in Morgantown? No chance in hell I'm going to give Texas a win in Morgantown this year. I'll I I'll just never agree to that, and I think th- I think this will be the second best game of the year. I think I think that this will be so fun. It's going to be in Morgantown I, again. I think we're going to be sitting on top of the world. I hope Texas is having a good year because I want a damn good game. And I just think again, I think Neil Brown's getting his team back on track, and I think that this could be a really special year for Neil Brown's third year. It might not be the championship team he wants yet, but it's going to be damn near close. And I think that it's going to put a lot of people on alert for next year when we've even got more depth and quality back there. So I'm I'm giving us the W over Texas. And, again, it's going to be another close game. I don't think we're going to have very many easy blowout games this year in the Big 12. But I, I think this is going to be a damn good game. But I'm going to give us the W, and it's going to be horns down all day. Penalties everywhere. I like it. So Bradley's got us up to 9-2. and two. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, throw my pick in because I'm right there with you. I got us getting a win, too. Um, I got us moving to eight and three in my predictions. I think Texas is not going to be a bad team. As I said before, they're one of those teams jockeying for that uh, position with West Virginia, Oklahoma State, TCU, and the like. Um, but I think breaking in a new quarterback, um, of course, by this time, I'm sure they'll have their guy and stuff. But uh, first-year head coach, new starting quarterback, they do have Bajon Robinson. I think they're going to be good. But um, – I don't think that they're going to be as good as um, maybe Oklahoma State or TCU. I think, you know, a lot of people are bullish on Texas as they always are, but I just don't see it with the first-year coach, new system, new quarterback. Uh, you know, I think they're going to have, you know, kind of a mid-tier year, and I think West Virginia is going to get them finally in, uh, in Morgantown, first time uh, beating them with Neil Brown. So I, I think that they had a great chance last year. This year they get them done. I got the Mountaineers moving to 8-3. and three. Steven, what about you? Uh, I think – I think this game is Neil Brown's statement game for West Virginia. Uh, I I don't think that this is going to be a close game. I think West Virginia is going to win this game by two touchdowns because I'm like you guys. I don't I don't like a lot of 
a lot of the talent that Texas has. That the only one that's proven themselves is Bijan Robinson. Um, by that time, like you said, they will have a quarterback that's that's you know decided. But I, I really don't think West Virginia is going to let them come into Morgantown, especially that late in the season. And West Virginia under Neil Brown has proven that you know towards the latter part of the season, you know those two last two to three games, you know that they come with resurgence for whatever reason they come with resurgence, whether it be you know to prove themselves in the first year, you know, going into year two without the bowl game. And then going in last year, they were trying to get, you know, set a statement for that bowl game and then come out and they beat Army by three, which, you know, if you watch that game, it really wasn't that great of a football game yeah. uh, in the bowl game. But anyway, I think West Virginia um, will come out of this game with a win, like I said, by two touchdowns. Wow. I like it. Bold statement with the two touchdown Two touchdown wins. So Steven has us at seven and four. I got us at eight and three. Bradley has us at nine and two. And we're going into the final game where West Virginia will go on the road to close the season in Lawrence to take on the Kansas Jayhawks and the new coach Lance Leipold from uh, Buffalo. I think this is a little bit tricky game. I'm not going to say that we're going to lose to Kansas by any means, but uh, it's final game of the season. You're kind of ready for it to be done. You're going on the road to a place that's not going to be a loud atmosphere. It's probably going to be uh, less rowdy than your practices. So that's, you know, got a chance to maybe put you into a lull and maybe you fall behind and then you got to come back. You know, it could be a trap game, but obviously I'm going to give the Mountaineers the W. So uh, my season prediction is uh, nine and three. Steven, you're sitting at seven and four. What's your uh, – prediction for this game and your record prediction uh we'll go eight and four yeah there's not a chance we lose to kansas this year especially we can you know trying to trust the climb you know we have to continue that build and you can't lose to teams like kansas to do so so i don't think we're going to go out to lawrence and lose that football game there's not a chance there you have it and uh bradley you're sitting at nine and two right now final game at kansas you got the mountaineers with the uh, 10 win regular season yeah i'm gonna blow everybody's mind and say that we're not gonna lose to kansas (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I thought that you, I swear, I thought you were going to be like, nope, 93. <laughs> no, I mean, I do think that it could be a scary game because, I mean, you got a first-year head coach that's going to be wanting something to prove. It's the last game of the year, like you said. Like, you guys have brought up all the points that could make this an absolute trap game and scary. You're going to be in no atmosphere. You're going to be probably one of our uglier games of the year where kids are just, you know, they're tired, they're beat up, they're they're not wanting to go out there and play against Kansas because they don't expect Kansas to be much. So, like, it's definitely not – an exciting game to watch and I think it's going to be ugly and I'll probably be yelling at the TV a lot if there's a lot of mistakes. So, but I just don't, again, I don't think I see no Brown losing to, uh, to Kansas. I think we go in there get that win and uh, you know, we're looking on to whatever the next game may be. I like it. Uh, so there you have it. Bradley 10 and two. Uh, Jordan got nine and three. Steven got eight and four. We're all usually pretty similar, so we're still still yeah. pretty close right there. But it's gonna be interesting to see how this fold out, how this uh, pans out as the season goes along, since we all actually had uh, somewhat different predictions. So <laughs> I'm broke, <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, I, I like it. So we got eight and four, nine and three, ten and two. Um, 2021 season prediction roundtable. That's our predictions. Uh, you guys want to get into some superlatives slash stat predictions before we close this thing out? All right, let's start it off with the offensive and defensive MVP for West Virginia at season's end. Who's going to be the offensive MVP? Who's going to be the defensive MVP? What do you got, Stephen? Uh, well, are, are, so are the MVPs the same thing as breakout players? I, I'm going to say because I have them as two separate. Well, I'm gonna, the way I took it as the 
most valuable player in your offense, most valuable player in your defense. You know, like best year. You know, what I'm saying if it was voting, not necessarily very Cowboys. My MVPs, my MVPs, players of the year. Um, on offense, I'm going to go Letty Brown. Uh, Neil Brown's already said he's going to run the offense through Letty. Letty's proven to win games uh, more so than anybody on the WVU offense. Um, I do think Jared Dakey's going to have one hell of a season, and um, I'm not going to call it a breakout year uh, because I've I've really liked what Jared's you know done in the past two seasons. But you know, not everybody's going to be a fan of his work, and there's a lot of West Virginia fans out there that aren't a fan of Jared Dakey's work. I, however, have been. But I think Letty Brown's going to be the MVP for the overall offense this year. Um, I'll let you guys go ahead for offense. Um, offense, um, I'm going with the guy you mentioned. Uh, you know, Letty's obviously a clear pick, but I'm going Jarrett Dagey. As uh, so I'm, if you've been listening to podcasts this off season, I've been really bullish on him. Uh, you know, especially now that getting into fall camp, even more so. Um, and I think that he's going to have a big time year. Um, I got Dagey as the offensive MVP because I think a lot of people are going to be focusing on Letty Brown, and I think it's going to open up some things in the past game. And Jarrett Dagey's going to show his improvements. Um, you know, changed his body uh, down under ten percent body fat, um, and from all accounts, he actually has been hitting the deep ball as well. So you know, show off that. And if that's added to his game, that's a whole new dimension. And so I'm going uh, Jarrett Dagey on offense. Uh, what about you, Bradley? I'll keep it different, too. I don't think you can argue with the fact that Letty Brown will be the most dominant player on our offense. I think he's going to be right there, and you got to keep an eye on him. But I I truly think that our MVPs this year could be our wide receiving core, and I and I have faith in that because I think yeah. that – I think a lot of people don't understand. Like, they had big drops last year. They really let us down last year. I mean, we were all really hyped up on them last year. And if they can reach that level of play that we know that they can reach to, then I think that that makes them more valuable than anything else because then you are really bringing Jarrett Dagey into his own game, a man who's had not an issue protecting the ball, but he hasn't had the same yardage and like uh, production that he could have had because of his wide receivers. I truly think so. And so I think that not only will them making Jarrett Dagey better, but I think that them opening up the field is going to make Letty Brown better. And so I think that – they're going to have a breakout year, and they are going to be some of the most valuable players on the field this year between Winston Wright, Bryce Ford Wheaton, and uh, Sam James. So, yeah, I like it. Go ahead, Steve. I was just going to say I, I I like that that you included saying that you know they're going to help spread the field open for Letty Brown because in one token I don't think it was is it's fair to to blame a lot of it on the receiving core last year because our blocking our passing our pass blocking last year was absolutely atrocious. Jared mm. had no time to throw the football last year. So I think that that attributed with the youth and, you know, their, you know, the COVID struck in season and everything, it really put a lot of restrictions on practice and, and, uh, and the way that players are able to progress, especially in that point in their careers. So I think, that was what played a lot of major roles in those drop passes last year was the players didn't have a lot of time to, you know, progress in the preseason and the point we're at right now in, in football, you know, that was really, really what cut a lot of people short. And I think that's the, the great thing about giving that extra year of eligibility is that, you know, one of the few things that the NCAA has done and that really helped West Virginia and and a lot in the long run. No, yeah. And I think that our wide yeah, and I think our wide receivers have been slept on some this year. They haven't been talked about as much because people have been focusing on 
Letty Brown, you know? And so I, I think that our wide receivers have not been getting enough attention. Whereas like, I, I really do expect them. I, I believe we've got some really quality wide receivers that are really hungry and excited to make a name for themselves. But I don't think, I think that they were just, you know, kind of like, you kind of bashed a little bit last year and you know it's like steven said it wasn't necessarily all their fault that last year was a tough year i mean you didn't have spring ball you didn't have a lot of that tuning up practice and stuff that you would have got as a wide receiver or any other skill position but that's where i'm saying like i think that that gives them even more room to grow which will show like even more improvement and make them the most valuable players on the field because without them, I think Letty Brown can win games, but I Absolutely don't think, think I don't think he can carry us through the season that I anticipate us having without being without having some wide receivers really opening up the field for him. Yeah, you're gonna have to have that passing game improve, especially the downfield passing game. I think that's what you really lacked last year, and that'll really open things up. But like you said, with with Daggy, he let a lot, a lot of people have a bad taste in their mouth left because of Daggy from the bowl game. And I think that same can be said about the wide receivers with their drop issues last season. But, you know, you heard Neil Brown come out and say a lot of these guys were having to play before they were physically ready to play because, you know, yeah. the cupboard was left that bare. And he said now this season those guys are physically ready to play. So, you know, they're I think they're going to use that, you know, the drops and the bashing that they've taken and everything as a chip on their shoulder. And they very, very well may have a good year. And that's kind of the same way I feel about Daigie. And so I think that either one of those is great picks. Lady Brown's obviously the obvious pick. And, you know, those can complement one another. So uh, great points all around, boys. But flip it over on the other side, defensive MVP. I'll go ahead and jump off first. Um, I think Josh Chandler Samito's in for a big year. And uh, I know Dante Steele's, you know, is probably one of the more popular picks, obviously, and rightfully so. But I went back and forth between a few players. I think we're going to have some standouts. But, I think Chandler Samito is going to be a tackling machine this year, personally. So I, I went with him for defensive MVP. Uh, who you got, Bradley? Um, I, I, gosh, it's a hard one. I think that it's going to be one of the big guys up front, and I think that it might be the lean, mean Akeem Mesdor, uh, Mesdor. You know, I think that he's going to really have an outstanding year, and I think that goes back to what I was talking about with the offensive linemen of. Um, Zach Frazier and him really going at it and really pushing each other to be the best they can be. And I think he is ready to have himself a year. And I think that by the end of this year, everybody in the Big 12 is going to know his name and all the quarterbacks are going to feel his pain. Love it. Yeah, I'm like you. I like Akeem. Um, I actually have Akeem as my defensive breakout player for WVU this year. But I also yeah, – sure. um, I have Dante as my MVP uh, because – if we're going with breakout, mate. then I think Akeem is really going to – yeah, Akeem didn't – Akeem really had a breakout year last year, in my opinion. You know, he, he came – He wasn't even a starter. When he, yeah, and he he had, I think, uh, three and a half sacks last year. Uh, so – or maybe even more than that. Five and a half, maybe. It might have been five, yeah. Uh, so, I could call it a breakout year, but I really think that this year he's going to – you know, he's going to be a true force with – the way that Neil Brown's talk about the body, you know, the body changes that Akeem's made and everything like that. But uh, as far as def uh, defensive MVP, I've got to go Dante Steele, man. He's proven himself every year that he's been at WVU, him and his brother both. I think he's going to follow his brother's footsteps and go in the NFL draft, maybe even earlier. Um, I, I, in my opinion, I think I've said it before. He's got that better I, size. Yeah, I think that Dante, in my opinion, was not to knock Darius at all, but I think he was the more talented brother. Um, out of the two, 
And so I, for that reason, I've got him as my defensive MVP. Great picks all around. Um, like I said, those are kind of some of the guys I went back and forth on. Um, all those three plus the guy playing free safety, who I'm going to mention here in a bit, and I'm sure you guys will too. But uh, let's that's kind of some superlative. Let's get into some stats talk, some stat predictions. Uh, starting with the uh, first question, Jarrett Dagey, over or under 3,000 passing yards at the end of the season? Uh, what do you got, Stephen? I actually have him under. Um, I've got him between 2,500 and, uh, and 3,000 yards. Um, I, I think that he's going to have a really productive season. And he, he threw for, uh, I think it was just, yeah, just over 2,500 last year or something like that. So he didn't have a horrible season, you know, despite, you know, all of the things that we could point out about the receiving core and about the way Jared Deggie played and the passing, the pass blocking and everything. The numbers were great, you know you know, comparable to what we, we say about it. So um, I I really wish that I could put us over 3,000 yards passing for Jared Deggie this year. Uh, but with the way that I think that we're going to plan on running the ball, I think it's going to be somewhere between 2,500 and 3,000. I think, Cruz, you probably got something different. Uh, very much so. I got him over. Um, I'm thinking 3,500, to be honest. That's just – that's I'm, I'm just thinking he's going to have a, a big year. I think he's going to be um, – other than Spencer Rattler, I think he's going to have the second most passing yards in the Big 12. I think he's going to have more than Brock Purdy. Um, I think he's going to be up there, uh, top three Big 12 quarterback. Um, Bradley, what about you? Over under 3,000 yards. Yeah, I mean, I have us going 10-2, and two, and I think that just about damn near every game we have is going to be a fairly high-scoring game outside of maybe TCU and you know maybe Oklahoma. And so, yeah, I definitely have uh, Jerry Diggy going over 3,000, and I think that – like I said, I think he's I think he's prepared, and I think him and his wide receivers are ready to have a big year. And I yeah, I could see him going over three thousand yards this year. Love it. All right, so uh, let's move on to his counterpart in the backfield, Letty Brown. Uh, how many yards you got, Letty, uh, racking up this season, Bradley? Well, I think he's going to get close to fifteen hundred. I mean, I think I think he's going to be touching that ball. I think. Uh, yeah, I really this guy's the limit for him, and I think that they've really amped this guy up to be an absolute, um, you know, top top running back in the country. I mean, he they're really setting him up for a big year, so I don't see him having any less than you know a thousand for sure. I mean, he had a big year last year, hitting a thousand in a in a, in a truncated season, and I think he's just got the wherewithal and, and the grit and the determination to absolutely try to put the team on his back this year. And so I, I see him hitting 1500. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Brad. I think, I think at least 1500, I've actually got Letty pushing almost, uh, almost 2000 this year. Um, yeah. Cause if you think with the, with the short and total rushing and receiving, uh, I'm talking to rushing, just rushing, just rushing. Mm-hmm. I think with the, well, yeah, I, in my opinion, the way let it think about it, Letty played with a shortened season last year. He played with limited blocking schemes last year. Letty still ran the offense through him last year and still proven the win games and still got over a thousand yards rushing, just over it with a thousand and ten. You you run the offense through him this year. You spread the offense the, the offense out like you mentioned earlier, Brad, with the receiving core. I think West Virginia is setting Letty up for a, a historic season for West Virginia running backs, and that includes Steve Slayton and and Avon Colburn and all those guys. I think Letty. I love the talent that Letty has. And I may be, like you mentioned, looking through blue and gold glasses. But I, from what I've seen out of Letty so far, the kids, he's fast. He's, he's got size Physical. so he can mold people over. 
He's yes, he's physical. He's quick sideways. I really, I do. I think Letty's going to be pushing almost 2,000 yards. I don't think he's going to get to 2,000, but I think he's going to be pushing very, very close to that mark, maybe 1,800, 1,900. So how many all-purpose do you think? Because I didn't even include that in mine. I didn't even think about his receiving yards yeah, I mean, and put it in I, this. I mean, I didn't either. I was just thinking rushing. But uh, what would you think? with, uh, with the, how, many, how many receiving do you think? Maybe like three, four? We're going all-purpose. We'll go 2,300. 2,300. So you got what? About Three, four hundred receiving. Yeah, because I don't think they're going to swing him wide that much. I don't think they're going to use. I don't him know. I think they've been working on that. They might. They I might, think he's. Yeah, they've been doing it. Basically, they've also been lining him up outside. I mean, it's not just been swinging him out of the backfield. They've been lining him up, and I really think where he doesn't have to take direct direct hits every time. They don't have to turn around and hand it to him. You know, twenty times they can they can hand it to him fifteen times and throw it to him ten. Yeah, I mean, Neil Brown said he was expecting him to get. Anywhere between forty-five to sixty receptions this year. I mean, he's really trying to put that ball in his hand any way he can. So I, I mean, I could see him getting up to like five hundred receiving yards. I mean, I really think he could be our third best receiver on the team. I mean, he might be one of our best receivers on the team. But I think in yards terms, I think he'd definitely be the third highest yards receiver on our team. Wow, I like it. I mean, I'm hoping so because if you know if Daggy has the year that I'm predicting and Letty has the year that y'all are predicting, yeah, then Bradley's ten and two may not be far off. But uh, uh, I, I mean, I, I think Letty's going to have a great year. As Stephen said, he you know limited blocking schemes, and he's still for for my money, I think the best tackle breaking running back I've seen maybe in my lifetime. Just as far as being able to break tackles, you know, when there's nothing there, make something out of nothing. And I, and I love Letty to death. And you mentioned some historic seasons. You mentioned Avon, Steve Slayton. Let's not forget Wendell Smallwood in 2016, 15, 1600 yards. I think it was 1600 some. I don't think Letty's going to quite. I hope Letty touches that, but I don't think Letty's going to quite get that. I think Letty's going to hang 1200, maybe 1300 uh, in my in my prediction. And I'll, I'll give him another uh, three receiving, so maybe 1500 all purpose in my opinion. But either way, I think he's going to he's going to have a big year. He's going to cross that thousand again for sure. I do believe. And uh, so you know we're all hopeful for Letty. Uh, and if, if he has a big year like that and Daggy has a big year like that and the defense is anywhere near as good, it's it's going to be a great season. But speaking of catching passes, I know Letty's been splitting out some and doing it on his own, but let's talk about the wide receivers. Um, who do you got leading West Virginia in yards and who do you got West, leading West Virginia in uh, receptions or is it the same person? Uh, what do you think, Stephen? Uh, I've actually got two different people. I've got um, Winston Wright Jr. leading us in receptions. Excuse me leading us in receptions this year. Um, he also led us in receptions last year. He had 47. Um, and uh, he's looking really good in fall camp so far, so I don't think he's slowing down anytime soon. I think, uh, you know, with the new seeker technology, I think that's going to improve his hands even more. Uh, and especially with the way that they're wanting to improve the pass game, I think that he's going he's gonna to be in for a big year. But um, I think that the person that's going to lead us in yards is my boy BF Dub, man. Y'all know. Y'all know what kind of fan I am of that guy, so um, I think I think he's going to be in for a big big year this year. But although I really hope that your guy Sam James come back out and this and and proves us a little bit this year of what he's got, because so. I really wanted to see a lot of what he had last year. And you know, like I said, it wasn't you know all on the receiving core last year, but I do think that you know he had a lot of things to work on in the off season to improve his his abilities and and things like that. But um, I think those other two guys are really going to have a big year for West Virginia this year? Um, I would pretty much have to agree with you. I think, uh, you know, I, I would love to say Sam James. I think Sam James had nearly 70 
uh, catches his freshman, true freshman year was 60, 65, 67, something like that. And last year he only had 31 receptions. So I think, I think this year could be a big bounce back year for Sam. And um, I'm not counting him out as in terms of yards, but literally your picks are my picks. I think Winston Wright's going to get the most receptions. And I think BF Dub's going to get a lot of yards because you look last season, he had only 27 catches, I think, and almost 500 yards. So he was the deep threat. And I think he'll be even more so the deep threat this season and he'll make a lot more plays so i'm going uh bfw leading in yards and i'm gonna say maybe seven to eight hundred yards and i'm gonna give winston wright 65 to 70 receptions i don't think we'll have a thousand yard receiver i think we'll spread it around you got sam james you got winston wright you got bfw then not to mention kane prather sam brown sean ryan esdale reese smith there's some bodies there so i don't think we have a thousand yard receiver but i agree with you of, of those leading receivers uh bradley what about you uh leading in receptions leading in yards yeah, I think without a doubt, our go-to guy is going to be Winston Wright. I think he's a playmaker, ball player. I think he's got uh, – he's been super bought in on Mountaineer Nation the whole time, and Neil Brown's bought right back into him. And so I think that he's definitely going to lead us in uh, receptions. Um, I think that – it's hard to argue with you guys, you know, Sam James and uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton. So I also think Bryce Ford Wheaton will lead us in yards. Um, so yeah, Winston Wright in receptions, Bryce Ford Wheaton in yards. I think, I think Bryce Ford Wheaton and Winston Wright will both tickle that thousand yard mark. I think they both might be in that 800 to a thousand yard range, but then I think we'll definitely see a little bit of a drop down to about six, 500 for both Sam James and, uh, Letty Brown, maybe in there, you know what I mean? Maybe three, 400 yards for Letty Brown and maybe, uh, Sean Ryan in that range. But I definitely think that those two wide receivers well, definitely, because I think that the yards after catch for Winston Wright this year is going to take like a, a massive upswing. I think he's, I think he's ready to play a, some ball this year, and people are definitely going to be looking at that number one and comparing him to Tavon Austin this year. And so, yeah, I definitely believe that both of those guys are going to be uh, tickling that thousand yard mark. I don't know if either one of them will hit it. Maybe they, you know, a little bit of yards off of each of the other one, but I don't think that Winston Wright's going to be that far behind uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton in the yards this year. But I do think Bryce Ford Wheaton will be the one to get closer to that thousand yard mark. I like it. So we're all expecting uh, big years from uh, Winston Wright and Bryce Ford Wheaton and uh, a lot of improvement from the receivers all around. Flipping over on defense, uh, I'm just going to group these three stats into one. We can just all give our three of each one at the same. Who's your leader in tackles? Who's your leader in interceptions? And who's your leader, team leader in sacks? Because i got a few more things we're going to add here at the end. So we'll just group all three of those together. Uh, Bradley, you can jump this one off first. Team leader in tackles, team leader in sacks, team leader in interceptions. Uh, tackles, Josh Chandler Sumito, just the benefit of the position, and I think he's going to be damn good at it this year. Um, Sacks, I'm going to go with Akeem. I think that's going to be his specialty. I think he's going to be an absolute terror. I think him and Dante might have a little competition for that, but I definitely think that um, Akeem Mizdor is definitely going to be that sack machine. Like I said, I, I think the quarterbacks are going to be feeling him all year. Um, interceptions, I'm going to go Scotty Young. I think that he's got some potential this year, and I think he's going to make some big plays. I also think Alonzo Dye is not going to be excited about that. I think Alonzo Dye is going to be be pretty impressive this year. I think he's got the potential. Yeah. Well, that's my that's my pick, and I think that that I largely based that pick off of how much I liked his uncle. <laughs> but I like Alonzo as well, man. Alonzo's got game, and I like yeah, and interceptions, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, as far as sacks, I, I'm I'm with you. I got Akeem Mesador, man. I I like Akeem. I like. You know, I like the way that they talked about the way that he's changed his body up. I think that they're going to double team 
uh, Dante a lot. Not that they're not going to double-team Akeem and scheme off of him a little bit, but I think that a lot of the scheme is going to be more surrounded onto Dante. Um, I got Dante as um, – I think Dante will have more tackles for loss than what Akeem has, but I think he, yeah. Akeem will lead the team in sacks. Um, as far as who will lead the team in tackles, I went back and forth on this one. I, I also had Josh Chandler's Mito, but I also put Alonzo Adai as well. It's a toss-up for me between those two guys because Alonzo can come down and he can, he's really quick off the line. He's one of those safeties that he plays he plays safety, but he reminds me more of a linebacker-type role, just the way that he comes down on the line so much. He's, he's really quick, you know, when he drops back in coverage, but he's also quick when he can get off the ball like that. So it's, it's either one of those two guys for that for me. Uh, what do you got, Cruz? I'm uh, right there with you guys on tackles. I think uh, Josh Chandler Semito is my pick. Uh, dark horse uh, guy Bradley mentioned, Scotty Young. I think that's a dark horse. But I'm going Chandler Semito. Sacks, um, surprising. Vandarius Cowan. I'm going like mm. Vandarius Cowan. Just, you know, a little bit different. That bandit spot, you know, maybe he starts, you know, making some noise there. So I'm going Cowan. Interceptions, Lonzo Adai. I think that's the that's the easy pick. I believe he led last year. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Alonzo as well. I like yeah, I do. Yeah, and on Vendarius Cowan, what made me, what, what I, which would make me believe in your pick even more there, Jordan, is the fact that Neil Brown came out and said that this is the first year that Vendarius Cowan has really um, bought into his role in the defense. Now that he's really kind of fought that uh, the the position that he's in, that he didn't really understand it, and that this is the first year that it's finally clicked with him why he's so beneficial in that position and how important he can be to our team. So yeah, I think that that's a great pick. Absolutely. I really like that pick. I just, I'm truly, truly hoping that Vandarius Van can stay healthy. You're just not trying to jinx it. I just don't want to jinx it. That's, his, that's sure. exactly it. I've wanted to see Vandarius Cowan play even a half a season since he touched down in Morgantown, and he hasn't gotten that far yet. He's gotten hurt twice now. So I really, I hope, I hope that you guys are right, and Vandarius has has his big year this year because I know. I know that he's capable of it. We all know he's got the talent. He's just got to stay healthy. Yeah, let's let's hope so because that bayonet position really produced at Troy, and we've kind of yet to see it come to fruition at West Virginia. So this would be big if he did lead the team in sacks and that bandit really started showing out. Uh, the one thing I wanted to throw in on you guys, uh, kind of spur of the moment, uh, another thing before we get to you know the final two things that we talked about is a uh, return touchdown. West Virginia had one in 2019, didn't have one last year. Got Winston right back, kick returner again. Looks like maybe a very sparrow going to be there with him. And then a punt returner looks like it's going to be Grayson Malashevich, even though that Winston Wright has been trying to get some work in there. But so far, Malashevich, uh, the question being, will West Virginia score a return touchdown in 2021, and will it be a kick or a punt return if so? Ah, I'm going to say no. I want to say yeah, but um... – Usually when you have an inexperienced return man back there, that doesn't really bode well for long, you know, the, I don't really, the, a touchdown return. Um, but not for West Virginia anyway, um, unless he proves that, you know, he's got that type of talent and that type of speed to where he can get to the edge real quick. Um, I do like West Virginia's special team this, this year, though, uh, with, the, you know, the, the veteran group that we have. Uh, Evan Staley looking real good, like you guys mentioned earlier. Um, I don't think we get a return for a touchdown this year, though. So I'm, I'm going to go the opposite way. I think Neil Brown's put a focus on special teams. Um, you know, I think Winston Wright's 
bigger mm-hmm. than he's been. I think it's faster than he's been. And I'm gonna go say I'm a he runs two kicks back. Yeah, he he's taking two. He's taking two. he's taking two for yard. He's he's not just taking one. He's taking two. Taking that two. might even be the same right, game against Long Island, player. but it, it, it might be against two against Long Island. But Winston Wright's taking at least one, if not two, yard. And I think that if I had to pick them, I say it's Virginia Tech and uh, Long Island. I think that that's two Winston Wright, yes. If it's Winston Wright, yes. If it's Grayson, well, we're doing kickoffs, not just punts. We're doing kickoffs too. Right. Not well, I was about to say, well, kick, kickoffs is probably going to be Winston. Punts is probably going to be Malashevich. Right oh, well, then I flip my answer. Yes. Yeah, I, I thought for a second. I was like, you're a little crazy. It seemed like you were only talking about punts. I was like, yeah, no. Punts and Grayson Malashevich. I think that Grayson I can. Well, I'm, just, I'm just saying, as long as we catch the ball on the punt, I'm cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, catch it. We Same haven't had a punt return touchdown since uh, since 2012 with Tavon, so it's been almost a decade since we have a punt return touchdown. So I'm not expecting that. But yeah, no, just say hi to mom and dad. Right? Yes, we'll return one if we're talking Grayson Malasevich. <laughs> yeah, I think he's gonna wave to mom and dad, and he's gonna catch the ball. <laughs> that's it. That's it. All right. So a uh, couple more questions before we close things out here. Uh, WVU's final standing in the Big 12 standings. Uh, what's your prediction? I know preseason uh, they had them predicted six. I think we all said that was kind of too low. I, I'm going to start it off. I'm going to say we finished third. I'm going to go bold with it. I'm going to say we finished third, maybe tied for third, but I think we're going to finish third in the conference. Uh, Stephen, what about you? Uh, I've got it. I, it fits right in with where our predictions lead up. I've got us finishing fourth. Bradley? Um, even with 10 wins, I still have scoring third. I think that that slip up against Oklahoma State really comes back to bite us in the butt. I think Iowa State and Oklahoma might split theirs. Uh, like we, we will have beaten Iowa State, but lost to Oklahoma. Oklahoma will have beaten Iowa State. But I think that Oklahoma only loses to us, and I think Iowa State only loses to Oklahoma. So I see us coming in right there at a third spot. Um, you know, unless one of them really kind of drops the ball somewhere, I just don't think that uh, those two teams really lose more than one game this year. I think they're both elite teams. And like I said, I don't think we're beating Iowa State at Iowa State this year. I think that I'm giving it to us solely in the fact that we're in Morgantown playing in front of our fans on Halloween. So I see us coming in third, and I get, see us getting a really nice bowl game at 10-2. Uh, and two, So Love it. So uh, all pretty much right, right around that same – same area, and uh, speaking of the standings, uh, Bradley, you mentioned it a little bit, but uh, Big 12 championship game prediction, who do you got? Who wins the Big 12 championship game? Um, WV, I mean, not WV, Oklahoma and Iowa State for me, and I think Oklahoma's just – I like Iowa State's team. I think it's, it'd be a good matchup, especially, you know, being the second time they'd face off, but Oklahoma, too loaded for me. Oklahoma wins the Big 12 yet again over Iowa State. Uh, Steven, what do you got? Uh, I've got the same game, different outcome. I've got Iowa State winning that game against Oklahoma. Uh, I really like Brees Hall, and I love Brock Purdy's game. Um, Brock Purdy has done nothing but continue to get better every year that he's been at Iowa State. And I've, you know, as much as I can be with, you know, being a fan of a team that plays him every year, I've become quite a fan of Brock Purdy and the way he plays. So I really, I like Iowa State in that football game, and I think that they're going to actually take it from Oklahoma this year. I hope they do. I hope they do. I'd love to see somebody finally else, somebody else yeah, finally win it. So for the simple fact of Oklahoma and Texas, you know, oh yeah, both leaving. SEC, yeah, not... that'd be a good kick out the door. Yeah. Uh, Bradley, what about you? Big Twelve Championship game and who wins it? Uh, obviously, I got Oklahoma, Iowa State. I have Iowa State beating Oklahoma earlier, like uh, in November. Uh, even though they're playing oh, in oh, Norm- November. Uh, yeah, they play each other in November, is what I'm saying. Iowa State's going into Oklahoma. I think they'd give it a big upset win, get everybody excited. But I think uh, Oklahoma takes that. They turn around, come back, and I think Spitzer Rattler wins that game. I think it'll be a damn good one. But I, I still think Oklahoma wins it. If, if 
if it goes away, I'm predicting it too because I know that I'm going to be right. It's I think Oklahoma comes out on top of that one at the end of the year. I think it's just a little bit more developed program, and I think they're just more used to being in that position. Yeah, I think I think we all agree, kind of clear two clear cut two best teams in the, in the conference this year, or at least at least on paper. We'll see how things pan out. You know, never know what will happen in the season, but um, good picks all around. And then one final question, one final thing. Uh, prediction final prediction thing um college football playoff who's your four at the end of the season who you got bradley i got i, I feel like it's the same four i think it's alabama clemson iowa state and ohio state or not iowa state uh, oklahoma alabama ohio state and clemson i don't remember if I said, we all know what four i'm talking about let's not lie. <laughs> mine, mine is uh very similar but i, I I'm, I'm leaving uh i'm going alabama Clemson, Georgia, which Georgia and, Georgia and Clemson play week one. That's going to be good. But I got both of those reaching the playoffs, two SEC teams again. I think Georgia's really good. So I'm going Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Oklahoma as, uh, as my four. Uh, Steven, what about you? Uh, that actually took the words right out of my mouth. I don't really want to include Oklahoma because I don't have them winning the Big 12 championship game, though. But I do have Alabama. I have Clemson. I do have Georgia uh, because the committee loves the SEC. Uh, for that fourth team, though, uh, that's a tough one, man. Uh, I'm not really sure this year. I'm not really sure. Uh, I don't know. Uh, UCF? Yeah, we'll go UCF. <laughs> Cincinnati? Yeah, we'll go Kansas, man. <laughs> Kansas in the freaking college playoff. Why don't Kansas get any love? I don't know. I think the, I think the, the big, I think you're looking at either the Big losses. Ten champion or – Big uh, yeah, I would say big. Gonna I'm probably going to go Ohio State. Yeah, I like Justin Day's squad up there. Yeah, Ohio State's yeah, probably the pick. Sure. Yeah. All right. So uh, there's the predictions. Uh, uh, nine and three for me. Ten and two for Bradley. Eight and four for Steven. That's the West Virginia predictions, along with some stats, superlative predictions, some conference predictions, some national predictions. Uh, so that's 2021 season prediction roundtable. Uh, you guys got any final thoughts you want to add, Bradley? Anything? Uh, yeah, ten and two guaranteed. Said it here first. Boom. <laughs> yeah, Jerry Dayton. I like it. I like, I like it though. It uh, I do. I wanted. I want to just give Neil Brown and Shane Lyons and the entire athletic department their their props that is due uh, for everything that they've done so far. Um, I don't know if you guys heard, but we got a home and home series with Alabama starting in twenty six. Um, we also have, uh, which which is very huge if you're a West Virginia mm-hmm. fan. Uh, you get to play down there. It's one thing to play in Atlanta a few years ago, but to have a home and home series um, and to have those types of games in the beginning part of your seasons, I think that's really really big for a program like West Virginia. Um, but then you also get uh, to play three. I think it was a home series with. Um, Ohio up there, and then two games back in Morgantown, which that one I'm not. Yep, yep. And so I'm not really ex- too excited about that one as much as I am the Alabama game. But uh, but I really just want to give that that athletic department their props because they do they do deserve it. And you know, as much as they get harped on by our fan base, I think that they've done very well at at putting West Virginia in a position to be one of the top ten top programs in the country. So that's all I'd like to say. 
well said not and i agree with you uh wholeheartedly uh, so that being said pretty much wraps up our uh season predictions locked in for each one of us uh 2021 season prediction roundtable in the books creeping up on the season and the opener at maryland of course we'll have the maryland preview coming to you before long um anything else pops off in between we might drop another show in there but uh maryland preview coming up that's something to look forward to now that the season prediction table is wrapped and we're about ready to kick off the season uh follow us on twitter at wvu country roads like us on facebook check us out on any podcast platform subscribe to us that really helps us and also subscribe to our youtube channels we try and keep the get the video side of this growing here in the podcast fourth season um so that's that about that'll do it for us here um as always i'm your host jordan cruz for steven and bradley until next time let's go mountaineers Are you ready to party?